Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Leave it all behind, rewrite the story, change the lines. What if we took the time to get to know a person? Not just the first impression, but their story. I'm Shani Payton, and I am bringing you along as I learn that I am not alone in this journey of life, and neither are you. Join me every week as I hear courageous stories of inspiring individuals determined to leave an impact on this world. I speak with many who have suffered through challenges I myself have been through such as living in a cult, infertility, foster care, adoption, and mental health illness. I have experienced firsthand how the stories of others have impacted me in my journey of healing. My goal is for you to feel that you are not alone in your struggles. Let's heal together, and you know I'll be bringing some fun along the way. Now let's dive in to some emotional, scary, humorous, and heroic stories. Thanks for coming along as I continue to grow. Welcome to the Shanty Pants Show. This is the moment, it's time to turn the page. Well, today's guest holds a very, very, very special place in my heart because this woman is the woman who made me a mom. I cannot wait to share this story with you guys. It is absolutely crazy and exciting for me because I am a part of this story. So I hope you guys enjoy. There is a trigger warning to this episode. There is talk of physical, emotional, and sexual abuse. So just putting that out here at the beginning, and I hope you guys enjoy. Well, thank you so very much for being here today. I know the audience oh, is- Thank you for having me. Yes, we're so excited. Well, excited slash nervous slash already emotional <laughs> about this conversation. Yes. Yes. Uh, but I know the audience has been looking forward to hearing this. I think it's, you know, we're going to bring a pretty unique perspective to um, the world of adoption. So I'm excited to share that with as many people as we can. So would you, first of all, just let the audience know who you are? I'm Patricia Combs. I'm 37 years old. I am a mother of five. And I am here talking with Shannon. And I hope to give some insight and perspective on what it's been like for me 
as an adult who has suffered mental illness pretty much my entire life and everything that occurred to where I put my children up for adoption. And why don't you start a little bit with your background, a little bit about your childhood and kind of what brought you to the place where our lives intersect. Oh, let's see. Let's start with, I was raised with an alcoholic mother, an alcoholic father, and my mother and father had separated before I was even born. So I, I've never had the, the mommy and daddy scenario. So I acted out a lot and my stepfather ended up molesting me when I was probably about four or five. And I told the police and my mother married him during the court proceedings, which sent me into an emotional whirlwind. I, I was diagnosed at the age of 18 with bipolar disorder with chronic PTSD. It was a very hard childhood, a, a very emotional, traumatizing childhood. Nobody wanted me, so I was thrown around from home to home. Nobody wanted to help me understand what I was going through. And nobody, everybody threatened me. Oh, if you, if you lie, about this or that, I'm going to beat your ass. When I finally came to terms that nobody wanted me, I became a very wild child. <laughs> I got a tattoo when I was 12 years old. I got piercings all over my face and my body by the time I was 15. I had been living on the streets, partying, um, doing meth. I think that was a huge contributor to my mental health. Methamphetamines was a huge downfall in my But it just, it progressively got worse. I had a question real quick going back to your childhood. Do you feel now, looking back on your childhood, that you had some mental health um, issues a lot sooner than when you were diagnosed at 18? Oh, most definitely. Mm-hmm. Um I, I seen and I felt the the ups and the downs and the the heavy sadness because you know nobody wanted to deal with me so I never lived in one place for more than six months mm. so my education and everything was affected and when I met my first husband I was about thirteen years old. And married him at the age of 18, ran off to Reno. And I had never under, really understood what marriage was about, what it meant to be a wife, what it meant to be an adult, or even what it meant to take care of myself. Because, you know, living on the streets and never really having that consistency in my life really made made it difficult. When I found out that I was pregnant with, my firstborn I was I was ecstatic I was happy I had always wanted to be a mom I knew I'd be a a great mom and 
I had recently been diagnosed with bipolar with chronic PTSD. And my husband at the time didn't want me raising our child. So he, at one point, threatened to beat the baby out of me if I didn't put her up for adoption. Um, It was an internal turmoil that I'll never forget. You know, my first love doesn't want me to have a baby. Um, His family even told me to kill my baby, you know, and I just, I couldn't do that. I, I would rather put my child up for adoption than deal with knowing that I killed my own child. After he and his parents had been attacking me emotionally, I told them that I didn't want to put my baby up for adoption, that I wanted to try. I wanted to be a mom. I wanted to get help. I, I, I had no idea what to do or how to do it, but I knew I wanted the help. And when I decided that I wanted to keep my child I got kicked out of the house, and because I was going to place my child up for adoption, my family didn't want anything to do with me, so they weren't they weren't willing to help me and i was I found myself on the streets, they took my car, they took my cell phone, they took all the money I had, they wouldn't help me with food, they wouldn't help me with transportation. I had to go to the county and get on uh, i don't remember what's called Medicaid. So I wasn't approved until after my child was born. So I was I was on the streets for a long time. The county was giving me hotel rooms because I was so far pregnant that they couldn't just, you know, let me be on the streets, which I was extremely grateful for. When I couldn't do it anymore because I was I I was so alone, just sitting there, not knowing what to do, scared, confused. I told my husband at the time that I would go ahead and I'd put my baby up for adoption. And that I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what else to do. And he promised me that we would stay together. He would help me with my mental health. That we would get through things together. And I believed. Two weeks after we placed our daughter for adoption. He served me with divorce papers. So. At that point. I had my own place. I had a friend letting me use their vehicle. Grandma Pat had bought me everything that I needed to have a baby and I went to go get my child within my 30 days I went to go get her and on my way there my husband calls me and he starts yelling at me about how he hates me and how I would not be a good mother and that he would do anything to take her from so I continued my path to go get her When I got there, I handed her the the, the court paperwork that said that I had 30 days to change my mind. I was like 28 days into it. And they told me that they will not wake my daughter up and give her to me. And I fought with them for a while. 
and then I ended up leaving without my daughter in my arms. They wouldn't even let me see her, nothing. And I was I was so broken inside, like just devastated. Yeah. How about how old were you? How long had you been <sighs> married? Um, we had been married we got married when I was eighteen and it was about two years into the relationship. So I had, I had, had my your baby daughter. Girl right after my twentieth birthday. At that point you leave with no baby and you're obviously an emotional wreck and you're already dealing with some mental health um situations and not only that i can imagine that the pregnancy hormones and even after giving birth like i'm sure that contributed as well to where you were at mentally and what just makes me so sad is alone you're you're doing this alone and it's not like you had a support system that was like hey this is a decision or even helped you make that decision the decision was taken away from you it was so after i had tried to get her back you know i failed miserably found out later that all i had to do was go to the police station with my paperwork and I would have had my daughter back and they would have protected me from my ex. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that. I, mm-hmm. I, I was unaware of the whole situation. My social worker wasn't helping me, nothing. Mm-hmm. Which which also kind of blew me out of the water. She was supposed to be there for me. And I I I assume she fought for them mm-hmm. because of my bipolar disorder. Because right. I, I had I had decided to put her up and change my mind. I put her up and then I changed my mind again. Right. Which I can totally understand through my daughter's parents' eyes. You know, oh, the right. instability. Oh, you know, we, we, we have to protect this child. And right. so I, back, you know, what, almost 17 years now, I had to fight for every update that I've ever gotten. For every picture, I I remember one time I got to video call with her, and she I was re- I was recording it, <laughs> and she she looks at the camera and she says, "Why did you put me up for adoption?" So mm. I wrote I wrote her mom and I says I would really like to have her for my birthday. You know, you guys can come. We can just get together for my birthday. What do you say? And they turned it around and said that I was being demanding and how I'm not going to get anything that I want being the way that I'm. And I went back and I read it like 20 times trying to understand where I was being so demanding. But that was the last time I've ever had any contact with her. And she was she was probably. Six years old at the time. Okay. And. And I just, I write her, you know, I, I threw their mom's, her mom's uh, text messaging and I tell her, you know, I love you so much, you know, and I send her pictures of me and pictures of the paintings and stuff that I'm doing. And, and I try to get some sort of response, some sort of reaction. And I don't. 
and I found out that my daughter is going through a lot of mental health issues. She mm-hmm. is having a hard time accepting life, which is very, very hard to deal with. <laughs> so approximately two years after your daughter was adopted, you became pregnant again with a new boyfriend at the time, correct? Not even really a boyfriend. Okay. <laughs> but yes, yes. And that's where we got our wee man. Yes, wee man for sure. So um, for though, this brings us kind of to where our story connects or gets to the place of connecting. And so Patricia is my son's birth mother. So we have had... Um, let's see, what do we call, how did our relationship start? Um, not great. <laughs> let's say <laughs> oh, emotional, a very emotional. And I think this is going to be a really interesting, interesting conversation because, um, we both have our perspective of what yeah. happened, which I do love what you said about when your daughter was adopted, how looking back you can see their point of view because obviously that's the side I'm on as an adoptive parent. So I love that you can now look back and see that. And I think when I look back, my husband and I, we were, had no clue what we were doing either. This was a brand new situation for us. We were young and So we had a lot to learn too. So that plus possibly you're, you're still young and you know, our worlds collided and, oh, I just, I'm grateful every day for where we are at now that we can sit down (laughs) and have this conversation, but why don't, let's see, why don't you I'm trying to figure out how to bring our story. I'm going to say my story just a little bit before our worlds collided, how we ended up meeting ultimately. And then you can kind of give your side on the same. So for us, Dwayne and I had been trying to adopt for quite some time. We had just been very, very disappointed. We had been chosen by a birth mother going through an agency adoption and she ended up being a scam artist. So Hmm. we find out just weeks before I met you that, well, I guess it was like a month before baby girl, our baby girl was supposed to be born on December 10th. And so we got this huge disappointment. Our social worker calls us and said, Hey, I don't know if you're watching the news or not, but it's all over the news. Your birth mom is a scam artist. So that whole, you know, vision for us fell apart. We were devastated, of course, because we're already planning for baby girl, you know, in our mind, I was doing the baby room like we were all in. So then Thanksgiving, we had been down at family's house 
And, and just to go back a little bit, when I, we had gone through infertility treatments before we decided to adopt. And during that time, I quit my job as a vet tech because the medications made me literally like incapable of hanging around normal human beings. So <laughs> I had quit my job, but I love the animals. So during the infertility process, I had started volunteering at, at a local animal rescue. I got really, really close to the gal that founded the organization and we became really good friends. So all that to say, we're coming home from Thanksgiving. She calls me and says, do you think you would be open to adopting my grandson? And I'm like, what? So this led into, which the crazy thing was, because I was at her house all the time, knew her very well. I had known that her son was having a baby. I had seen brand new pictures of him on the fridge, not even, you know, not even thinking about it. It was, you know, nothing to do with me. So we get that phone call and we're just like, what in the world? So we get more information, talk to our social worker and even our social worker was like, Oh, okay. Like you found your own baby. <laughs> and so it turned into like figuring out, okay, what do we do next? Um, how do we make this work? Like, what is this? And then at that point, I think then we had a conversation with your boyfriend at the time. And because I had talked to him, like I knew him, I didn't know him well, but I had had some conversations with him. And uh, so we talked to him and then I believe I talked to you. I don't even, honestly, parts of it are so fuzzy that I don't even know. But I, yeah, I, was I there. okay, yeah, you, you met us at the house when we met him there at their house, right? Okay, yeah. Right. So that was like when we had the conversation and uh, my heart, uh, this is where adoption is, it is such an emotional journey and it's for for us on the adoptive parent side, I think it's so vital to remember just because you adopt a child doesn't mean the rest of their world and their life is gone. It will forever be a part of them and rightfully so. But again, for us, we were young, we were not educated on this, but it broke my heart as it excited as we were like this baby could be our baby uh I could see you and recognize you as and I knew nothing about you at the time but I could recognize your mommy heart and that you just had this baby you um from our point of view and kind of how we read the situation is that you just 
were not able to care for him fully at the time. And so you made this decision to make a different life path for him ultimately. So it was, again, it was so exciting, but it was, it was equally hard just even in that initial meeting to see the bond, undeniable bond between you and your son. And for me thinking, I already love this baby. I love this baby, but I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking him away from his mom who also loves him. And I never was a doubt in my mind that you didn't love him a hundred percent. And so it was just that internal struggle of, of course, wanting to be a mom so bad, but then seeing the other side of it. And I, I don't take that for granted that there is a complete sacrifice uh, for women that make these choices for their children. Because like for me, you made me a mom. You made me a mom, which is something I could not do on my own or we couldn't do on our own. And so I don't take that lightly at all. And again, every day I'm so grateful for, you know, looking back, I can be grateful on the ex- about the experience because I think it made us all stronger. <laughs> but um, of course, I just, a day does not go by that I'm grateful for what you have done for us in growing our family. Um, so why don't you kind of give your side up until that point and then we'll get real, real. <laughs> okay. I'm crying over here. <laughs> That's all right. I got a whole roll of toilet paper. I can throw it at you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's see. I met my ex at a friend's house and I just thought he was, you know, totally cute and charming. And so we start we started, you know, messing around and all of a sudden I found out I was pregnant. I hadn't even known him for a week. And here I am pregnant and same scenario, pretty much homeless, living at a friend on a friend's couch and I had just recently gotten over well not gotten over stopped my hysterical bawling and being able to actually somewhat function from my firstborn and when I was about three months pregnant we decided that we were going to go ahead and keep the baby and we were going to, you know, do what we needed to do. We were on the list for an apartment. You know, he was working at the time. And he, it was seemingly going really well. Well, he ended up quitting his job. 
and we were again homeless we I, I was so pregnant sleeping in the back of his truck out at you know Greenhorn and just just living out there that I was I was physically just so ill and so we got into an apartment where we set up you know my baby's room and everything I had everything that I could possibly imagine all the pretty colors all the you know the onesies and the binkies which I still have one of his binkies gosh that's (laughs) precious <laughs> and so uh, I found out that my ex was cheating on me and I was just so devastated and hurt that I ended up lashing out at him yelling at him um, he at one point grabbed me by my wrists and threw me up against the wall being seven months pregnant and I was crying hysterically. The cops got involved and everything, and they made him leave for a while. And when he got back, everything was okay. And so we went through with having our baby. And after I found out that that he had cheated on me again, that I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. So I just started screaming my lungs out, yelling at him, how could you do this? I thought you loved me. And after he had hurt me the first time, he swore he'd never do it again, but he did. And that was right after we had had our son that, you know, we had named Paul, Brian. (laughs) And... He started throwing things at me. So I started throwing things back at him. And that was right around the time where I had met you. And you and Dwayne. And I fell in love with you and Dwayne. The moment I met you guys, I was just like, 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 yay! (laughs) These are good people. I know it. Oh, I'm glad you felt that way. (laughs) And when I had told my husband's mother that I decided I wasn't going to place him for adoption. They, they were very upset. They were very hurt. They, they were hurt on your behalf and they pretty much pushed me aside. Like I was just a burden in the way. And when we had placed our wee man with you, my world became upside down again. You know, my ex was being verbally abusive to me. His family was being verbally abusive to me. And I remember I was at my grandma Pat's house and he was, our wee man was crying all night long. I had been up for almost 48 hours. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Just prior to that, I didn't know a baby was supposed to get fed every two hours. I had no idea. So I was there alone again. Mm. And when we had gone to his mother's house I had Dakota I had our wee man in my arms and I refused to hand him over to anybody and the cops got called and I thought oh thank god the cops are getting involved they'll tell them to leave me alone that I'm the mother they'll protect me Hmm. well the cops that showed up were friends with them and they ended up bringing a shotgun out. And the shotgun shot a hole in the roof because they were messing around with their guns. So my PTSD was through the roof mm. when I left with him that day. Now, I, I know I'm not a perfect angel. I said things. I did things. But it, at the time, I felt like it was me trying to protect my son and not knowing what to do. You know, right. I, at this Your mama bear point, instincts. Oh, yes, very much mm-hmm. so. Yeah, yeah. So I, I ended up leaving with them, and it was, what, three days? Um. Well, let's go back a little bit and talk about that transition, and then we'll go back to this part of the story. Uh, but ultimately, you loved us when we yes. met you, yes. and you did decide that you were gonna place your son with us so on our end we're scrambling with our social worker trying to figure out how this works because you don't just you know get someone's kid so (laughs) from our end we're doing the paperwork we're kind of seeing what we can what needs to happen basically and then preparing for him we didn't tell any of our family about him because we were still really devastated about our baby girl and I didn't want to devastate everyone all over again because I couldn't even handle I think the 
the looks of people like, oh, I'm so sorry. And you get, I just, I was already very fragile at that point. So we didn't tell anyone. And then I remember this back, we had little flip phones and we could like barely text. And I remember (laughs) my mom and my sisters texting me and saying, hey, just like letting you know, we're thinking about you. We're praying for you. And I'm thinking, did they find out about him somehow? Like, what's going on? How, what are they talking about? Well, I was so enthralled and engrossed in getting prepared for our son, I didn't even realize it was December 10th, which is the day that baby girl was supposed to be born. Mm-hmm. December 10th, you and his father show up at our house with the car full of baby stuff and our son. It was the most surreal, like, is this really happening moment? And again, I felt so much still that emotional um, hurt for you. And, And again, I was young and uneducated on adoption, but I could still see that in you and appreciate that in you. And so you guys show up with this baby in a car seat and we start unloading your car. And I remember we walked up to the loft and we all sat down in the loft area, which I don't even know why. Maybe because his bedroom was up there. We might have walked up and... And then you guys left and it was like, oh, hi, I am a mom. (laughs) So it was this crazy, like, it just, even now when I talk about it, it just seems weird. Like someone just dropped a baby off at my house. So, of course, at this point, we are excited and then immediately get thrown into not sleeping and all the things that happens when you have a baby And like a week later, they did a baby shower for me. And so my cousin was at my house and we had a baby shower at my mom's house. So we get home from baby shower with our precious little baby. And this was back when we had, you know, home phones and the message button is going off. So I just randomly, you know, walk casually walk into the kitchen, push the button on the machine and it's you very, very upset, uh, demanding your baby back hysterical. It was immediate emotional distress for me. And just like, what is going on right now? And so this is kind of what led us in same thing. It was very traumatic. The cops showed up at our house. It was for our end. It was very scary because here again, we don't know you at this point. And we already have spent a week loving this baby as our own hundred percent in and Now we're feeling the threat of him being taken away, which is ironic because that's exactly how you felt too. So 
we ended up taking him back to his grandmother's house um, because the social worker said there is still paperwork. You still had your 30 days without signing the paperwork yet. And so we took him back to his grandmother's house where we met you originally. And I just said, I will not take him back until she signs that paperwork because I knew I couldn't go through that again. It was devastating. So for the next four days, I just pretty much laid on the couch and cried and really un not knowing what was going to happen. We, we did not know what the future looked like. It was very up in the air. I was, I'm sure a hot mess, but we didn't know what was going to happen. So we lived the next four days, not really knowing, but then you told us, I want you to have him back. And that's when I had said, I'm not going to take him back till all the paperwork is signed just to protect everyone involved. Mm -hmm. But that was those couple of days, I think for all of us involved in this little adoption triangle was probably the most traumatic experience I've personally ever gone through because it was just, on all ends, it was just such high emotions. By the way, our social worker that we had during that experience quit after us. Oh. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, do we get an award? Like, <laughs> So... So why do you, do you want to kind of say your side of the story or is that similar to how you remember? Oh, no, that's very, very similar. Okay. I, re- I remember when I dropped, uh, when I had dropped off our weed man with you for the second time that it was, it was so heavy. You know, I knew we had all had just gone through so much, yeah. you know, he, it, I just knew that I needed help. I didn't know where to go. And I knew that you guys would love my son and eventually, you know, love me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Took a hot minute. <laughs> no, I think I always, I always loved you. Oh. And what do you think, like, Thinking back, of course, you know, it's a lot easier for us to talk about this now, but do you feel like your mental health played a really big role in that whole scenario? Oh, most definitely. Um, I was unmedicated. I was, you know, dealing with all the, the pregnancy hormones and the chemical imbalances and just being unable to to fully understand it, you know, made it that much more complicated and just frustrating. And I remember, I remember contacting you one day, asking you to pay for my medicine. I remember, I remember that. that. And you were like, yep. I'm sorry, we can't do that. And I was just like, so devastated. 
because my own husband at the time wouldn't even go get me medicine. And I'm uh, like, ah! oh my <sighs> gosh. But then we ended up because I think originally we were like, you know, talking to our social worker and everything. And we were playing things very like, don't want to, you know, disrupt anything that we have going. But I remember you calling and them saying like, it's up to you whether you're going to get involved or not. But then I almost think after you called, your ex called us and that's when we paid for him because we did. And I was like, looking back, I'm like, why didn't we do, we didn't know. We didn't even know what you're really dealing with. But now I'm like, oh my gosh, I should have just, you know, (laughs) bought him for a couple years. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But obviously, like you said, it, you needed that and you were going without, which did not help any of your situation. Oh my goodness. Well, I, so nine months later is when we finalized our son's adoption, which of course was very exciting. And up to that point, we really didn't have much communication or contact with you besides, like you said, maybe calling a couple times because we were, you know, scared to death that something else was going to happen. And so we, and then I'm sure you on your end are dealing with getting, trying to get healthier um, mentally and, you know, whatever you were trying to do on your end. So after we finalized his adoption, he was, I guess it was like eight months later because he was nine months old. Then after that, I'm trying to think, that was September. I think the first time we met with you, was it Mother's Day? I almost feel, I think it was. Grandma Pat got carrot cake. Do you remember yes. that? Yes. Was that the first time? Yes, actually, I think it was. Yeah. No. Was it? He was, no, because I think so- then he was like two. And he was like, younger when we first yeah it must he have been a time before walking the first time yeah he was crawling around i remember that yeah so that must have been yeah there must have been a time before the carrot cake time but since then we since he has been little we've been getting together at least once a year in the beginning Try we were to. a lot better at it yeah because uh you were with grandma pat there which isn't too far from us. So I want to say we were doing even maybe like twice a year. Uh, It just kind of whenever it's not like we have a schedule. It's just whenever it works for us. So now you're in a different state. So our visits are a little bit um, different now, but we're looking forward to August. Oh, I'm so excited. I (laughs) am too. It's going to be so much fun. So much fun. And I, I love every time we get together. Oh, why don't you talk about um, your daughter? Let's add that into our story. Oh, my sweet baby girl, Miss Nicole Lynn. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, I met my now husband when I was 12 years old. And we became best friends. 
and I never wanted to date him, even though he was like the coolest guy I knew. I just wanted him to be my cool friend. And a few years, quite a few years later, actually, like 15 years later, (laughs) we finally get together and then we found out we were pregnant pretty fast. So, I mean, there was was so much drama involved with that. Oh my God. My pregnancy was high emotion. Like my husband's ex just was false accusation after false accusation taking us to court and it was all proven that she was lying but still the stress the emotional turmoil that my unborn child was going through I thought for sure she was gonna come out you know yelling at people (laughs) (laughs) in the court that though that situation was regarding your husband's previous children, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, yes, I was right. even accused of of having them taken away from me and not placing my children for adoption, which was very very hard to deal with. Oh, yeah. About May 17th, popped out my beautiful baby girl, <laughs> healthy as can be, you know? I mean, she's just the love of my life dream come true i love it you got your baby girl yes and yes it was well deserved and so she's dakota's half sister Mm -hmm. and it's been so fun since she's been a baby because we've been seeing her or seeing pictures of her and getting together and over the years and I just love how we can like see the similarities between Dakota and her. And it's fun. I think for, I mean, he has you too, where you guys have very similar features, but now it's fun with Nicole because it's like, Oh, look, you look like her. So I think it's so cute. And one thing I've really appreciated about you guys, your husband and you and all your little kiddos is um, since we adopted our girls who are no relation to you at all, I've enjoyed how you've included them in to our kind of, you know, family dynamics that we have because well, they're they part of don't, the family just as much as I am. They are. They are. And I, I do appreciate that from you guys because they don't have as strong birth connections like Dakota does. And so it's always been, that was always the one thing, even when we were going to adopt again, I'm like, we have so many birth connections with Dakota's birth family. You know, we're not guaranteed that with, you know, our next children. And that's one reason I was really excited that the girls are biologically related Because I'm like, hey, at least they have each other that they can like, you know, have that blood relation if it ever became an issue. But I've really appreciated that with your family. You really have just kind of taken them in. And when we get together, it's all of us. Yes. And it's a crazy bunch. Oh, man. I remember when we took the kids to that fun park and they they all got into that big like blower and 
<laughs> oh, I I feel like all of them, which you have a blended family, so mm-hmm. your boys aren't bi- biologically related to you. But right. when they're all together, I'm like, all these kids must be related biologically, but they're not. <laughs> if it's a crazy group, what advice would you give to adoptive parents that are looking to a relationship, looking to adopt a child and kind of what that relationship with the birth family can be? Oh, it can be a lot of things. Yeah. You can be, you can be lucky and get someone like you did (laughs) or, you know, it can be, it can be really hard being with the birth parents. You know, Mm -hmm. that's something that, that if you're going to adopt, you need to be aware that you can't just keep your, keep the children away from their birth parents because psychologically they need them so much on such a emotional level. You know, it's a powerful thing that Mm -hmm. the mother you know the bond that the mother develops with the child whether they put the baby up for adoption at birth or five years down the line you know being a part of your child's life to the full extent loving them means Mm -hmm. love their family as well right and it, it makes it just makes it such a healthier situation for the children for for the adoptive parents you know for for everyone yeah and you have a unique situation because you can see both sides of that with your first child that was adopted you're seeing kind of the opposite of that in how emotionally damaging it's been for you and I know when we very first adopted Dakota we had reached out to them because of the birth connection and we just thought hey they're an adoptive family we are and our kiddos are related and it it never went anywhere because of their kind of resistance to that but I do again I'm a lot more educated on this than I was back then but now seeing that value of that birth family connection, I think is just vital. It's so, and even like I know in our situation with some mental health situations that have arose, it has been invaluable for us to have you to give us some input. And it doesn't mean we're dealing with the exact same mental illnesses, but it get, has given us a lot to look at when we, when you can tell us about mentally as a child and as an adolescent, how you were in these stages to help us in parenting a challenging child. So <laughs> it, I can't imagine like not feeling comfortable reaching out to you, like what we had to deal with not too long ago. And I love that I can very comfortably say, hey, he might be texting you about such and such. Here's how it really went down. And so I love that we can, you know, kind of 
parent together that way and, and help each other. And I'm, you know, the view with my kids is if you don't want to talk to me about something, because kids have to deal with a lot nowadays. And, but if you can't talk to mommy or daddy, we need to have other safe adults in your life that you're comfortable talking to. And I love that you are one of those people for Dakota because, and, and the best, because I trust you completely and know that you're either going to put him in his place or show him <laughs> love, whatever he's needing. You are also a parent. So it's like we are, we started out on opposite teams and now we're on the same team. A hundred percent. Thanks, straight. My yes. goodness, do we need each oh, other? I need you very much. So. I, I wouldn't be a mom if it wasn't for you. So it's it's been it's been an honor to have the relationship and have it grow to what it is now between us. And I I hope that people listening to this can feel um just what this type of relationship can be. And I know every situation is so different. There are situations that are not safe to have birth family involved. And I get that completely because obviously the child's safety is most important, but for situations where like ours, where you can have the option of having a relationship with birth family, we have seen firsthand how it has affected our son and then also us as humans. Like I have felt like I can have this relationship with you without the fear or I don't even know what the word is like competition. It's not like, well, I'm his mom now. It's we truly are friends and can work things out together if necessary Um, even though we're over here, the ones parenting Dakota, we still value your input. And I just hope more people can see this and not be afraid of these types of relationships. And yes, yes, it started out as rocky as I would ever like to experience, but, (laughs) but it was worth it. I truly can look back and say, okay, it was worth it every bit of it and look at us now i'm just so glad you didn't run away when you seen me at my absolute lowest point (laughs) oh my gosh and you know i wish i would again you know you know what you know but like i wish i was my age and you were that age still and i could just like wrap you up and hug you and take care of you because that's what you needed. And now that I am parenting a challenging child, uh, I can look back and see exactly what you needed. And you weren't given that and you weren't given the chance. And I'm not saying you didn't have some people that helped you, but you, you know, you didn't have what I wish I could give baby Patricia, right. You know, back then. But I love you. I love you too. So much. So much. What would we do without each other? My life would be very boring. Oh, oh good. 
<laughs> that kind of sounds nice, though. I don't know. <laughs> boring might be good. And oh, I, I have boring. to thank you. <laughs> I have to thank you for um, gifting our child with such artistic abilities because I lack completely and I love that he got that from you because he is so yeah. artistic and I love oh. that when you share pictures with him I'm like yeah that's where he got it from oh that's great I love it yeah I love it too <laughs> well thank you so much for being on the podcast I I think there's going to be so much value here even for people that aren't adopt, you know, in that adoption triangle at all. I think if people in general can just, first of all, just be nice to people and don't judge people. We never know what someone else is dealing with. I know back when we went through that with you, it did become apparent to us that there were some mental health um, problems going on. So it gave us more compassion, not like, oh, she's trying to take away our kid. There, We had to have compassion there and realize your viewpoint. And I think that's so important across anything in life is take a step back, slow down, and acknowledge the other person's point of view. And we yes. sure, we sure have enjoyed that journey with you well maybe we didn't enjoy it in the beginning (laughs) (laughs) but we do now now we're excited to get together yes thank you so much this story obviously would not be as impactful without you agreeing to be here and be a part of this i think this will forever be my favorite episode and so just thank you so much as an honor to have you here and chit chat with you oh of course it was an honor to be on here thank you it was so much fun well thank you guys so much for hanging out with us and listening a little bit to what our journey with adoption with our son was like and of course the amazing relationship we now have with his birth mother I hope you guys learned something from it and enjoyed our little bit of our story. Uh, And again, you guys, always, I appreciate your support so much. This podcast is like a baby podcast and I am having a blast with it. I have so many great interviews to share with you guys. And I, I just can't say enough how much I appreciate all the support. Love you guys. Thank you so much for being here for another episode of the Shanty Pants Show. I really appreciate your support, so please leave me a review and some stars and share my show with all of your friends because I'm sure they will want to hear it as well. And if you just can't wait for next week and you need to know what I'm up to in the meantime, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Official Shanty Pants and on YouTube and Facebook at shanty pants see you next week this is the moment it's time to turn the page planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.